Daniel chapter 1, we're going to look at just one verse to begin with, and we'll look at a few other verses in just a moment. I've not chosen every theme through the 10 years of the youth conference, but after last year's and we sat down to prepare for the 10th uh, National Young Fundamentalist Conference, they sent some ideas, different staff and different ideas for uh, themes. I chose the theme for this year because I love what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Mark your place in Daniel chapter 1. We'll come back to that in just a moment as I preach tonight on this subject ten times better. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray, not because I'm required to or because it is habit, but I do hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray that you would use this time in your word and this time of preaching to accomplish your will in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The story in Daniel chapter 1 is somewhat familiar. The land of Jerusalem, the place of God's people, has been attacked and destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The people of God were taken captive to the land of Babylon a few hundred miles away. King Nebuchadnezzar planned to educate, to train and prepare many of the young men of Israel to be servants of his own. Think about it, if you will. He wanted to use God's children for himself to make his kingdom greater. Nebuchadnezzar was not like Pharaoh was to the children of God who had made them slaves and made life very difficult for them. Nebuchadnezzar planned to care for these chosen young men very well and to make them the wisest in all of the world for himself. He did not plan to treat them as a slave, just enough food to keep them alive, but he planned to give them the same food that he ate, the king's meat. He planned to give them the same wine that he drank. He planned to give them the best education known to man and training of anyone in the entire world. If you know the book of Daniel, verse number 8 is a key verse where the Bible said that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Daniel made the decision, I'll not eat the meat of the king and the wine of the king. I'll not defile myself and break the dietary laws of what God wants for me. And so when the king's servant comes to Daniel and his friends, Daniel makes a request that they would eat pulse and water rather than the king's meat and wine. Notice, if you will, in verse number 11. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, 
and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Then Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. Now pulse was simply beans, dried beans, beans prepared in a very simple manner. They would have just a basic bit of protein and carbohydrates and water. That's all they would have. When you go through this passage of Scripture, you'll find that after the ten days they found them better, and so they finished the preparation process for the three years. After three years, these young men were brought before not the servant of the king, but the king himself. And when the king looked at them, the Bible says that he recognized that these young men were ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. You and I face much the same decision today that these men faced in their day. You see, we're bombarded with the advertisements of the world's goods, all that the world and all that the flesh has to offer. It seems good. It even appears to be innocent. And yet it is nothing compared to what God has for his own children. For you see, there are some things that God wants his children to have, but they do come at a cost. They do come at a sacrifice. It does come as a result of making a decision. It is my opinion that the things of God are ten times better than anything the world has to offer. I'll say it again. It is my opinion that the things of God are ten times better than anything the world has to offer. I believe anyone tonight who has experienced the will of God for any length of time would agree that the Christian life and the will of God is ten times better than anything they ever experienced that the world had to give them. The will of God begins with the decision that the things of God may not look as good, they may not feel as good to begin with, but the end result is ten times better. Please hear what I said. The things of God sometimes do not have the same appearance. They do not have the same attractiveness that the things of the world have, and yet, though they don't look as good in the beginning, the end result is ten times better. You see, Daniel gave up the things that the king offered because he was satisfied with the things that God had provided for him. He traded pleasure now for blessings later that resulted in a report of ten times better. Daniel gave up what appeared to be extra good for what seemed to be extra plain. Daniel gave up the food and drink that the king ate and was satisfied with what the common man ate of Israel. Daniel gave up the approval of the king for the approval of the God of heaven. 
Daniel went against the norms of the day, the cultural behavior of the popular. He was satisfied with the regular diet that God had provided for his people. So often I hear folks say, well, I just don't see anything wrong with this. I don't see anything wrong with that. And the truth is, that is often correct. It is often true that there may not be anything wrong with this, or there may not be anything wrong with that. But it is not what God wants us to have, wants us to enjoy, that would eventually result in a life that is ten times better. May I say tonight, it is not always a matter of what is right or wrong, but it's a matter of doing what God desires for you and I to do. I want to plead with you this week in these three days together for you to look at what God has to offer. You may recognize that it may not be as attractive as some of the things that the world advertises. But I would like for you to think beyond the moment. Think beyond the day. Look beyond where it is now and see if you can't look at those around you, those in the Word of God that chose the will of God and the things of God, and see if you can't point to them and say, you know what, that's a ten times better life than following the things of the world. Here are some of the things that God wants his children to do and be. He said in the book of Micah, chapter 6 and verse number 8, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Uh, clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. So there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing sinful in those things. But he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's nothing wrong with eat. There's nothing wrong with drink. There's not, nothing wrong with clothes. There's nothing wrong with play. But the will of God is what you and I ought to seek with our lives. You see, the things of God may appear as pulse and water compared to the things of the world being served up as the king's meat and wine. But it's the end result that is ten times better than anything the king has to offer. Here are some things that you ought to consider. As Daniel had to make the decision, will I eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine, or will I eat the pulse and water? Will I give myself an opportunity to prove what is best? And he said to Melzar, Would you give me ten days, and rather than eat the meat and drink the wine, I'll eat the pulse and drink the water, and you see how we're doing in ten days. That's all Daniel asked. I ask you today, would you consider just giving your life to the things of God and seeing if God doesn't make your life Ten times better than those that would seek the things of the world. Let me present some things to you. First of all, God wants you and I to spend time with him in prayer. I'll not preach a long time on the subject of prayer, but God desires a personal relationship with each of us. 
God wants us to talk to him. God wants us to spend time with him. Yesterday evening I preached in uh, uh, Ravenna, Ohio. A good group of folks are here from there tonight and uh, just uh, outside of the Cleveland, Ohio area. And I started driving home last night, and I've been praying for this conference for some time. I've spent a lot of time in prayer for this conference. And as I traveled and I, I prayed about the sermon, and I prayed for the musicians, and I prayed for the preachers, and I prayed for those that have a part in uh, all of the organization and uh, all of the work of the week, I prayed uh, uh, for you as you traveled. It seemed like my time with God went by quickly and I told my wife I'm going to drive a couple of maybe three hours and then stop and I'll, I'll finish driving home in the morning. But by the time I had finished praying and spending time with God, and I've done it many times through these 25 years of traveling week after week, it was 2 o'clock in the morning and I found myself in a wonderful place in my own garage in a few minutes in my own bed fast asleep. Can I tell you something? There's a wonderful thing about spending time with God in prayer. It may look like pulse and water, but it's not what it looks like. It's what it results in, and that's what we want to see this week. It's ten times better doing the will of God. I want to say, second of all, God wants you to know the Word of God. He wants you to read His Word. You may not understand it all in all that you read, but you'll understand enough of it that it will benefit you to read the Word of God. Every young person ought to have a Bible reading chart and calendar that you take in the Word of God. You ought to read the Bible every day. You see, God wants to have a relationship with you. Reading the Word of God may appear pulse and water compared to the king's meat and wine of the world. But I want to tell you, it's not what it tastes like to begin with. It's what it results in. And I declare to you tonight that the will of God and a walk with God is ten times better than anything the world has to offer. God sets before us a decision of separation from the world, not to live an odd or a strange life, but live a life that's dedicated to Him, a decision to choose a different pattern for life than the world, a decision not to follow the social norms of the day, a decision to be different from the world, not following their vocabulary of vulgarity, not following the dress styles driven by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, but a life driven by the Word of God that sets forth the standards of how a Christian ought to talk how a Christian ought to walk, how a Christian ought to dress. It may look and sound like pulse and water. Hey, but it's not what it feels like today. It's what it'll be in a little while. And how it turns out, I'll tell you, it's ten times better. I'm talking about a prayer life. I'm talking about a reading the Word of God and letting God speak to you. I'm talking about a separation from the world. I'm talking about having a vision or a burden to win others to Christ. Soul winning may appear to you as a pulse in water compared to the fun that the world would have to offer. But I want to tell you something. After you spend a day in just fun and pleasure for self, it's all over and the money is spent. But I want to tell you something. Every time you win someone to Christ, you lay up treasure in heaven. You put a joy in your heart. It may have an appearance of pulse in water, but the end of it is ten times better. I want to talk to you tonight about a surrender to the will of God. Looking before you and seeing the decisions that you have to make in life. 
and what may appear to be uh, the king's meat and wine before you to say, I could do this or do that. I could make this much money if I did that. I could make this much money if I did that. I'd like to at least to get you to look at the pulse and water of the will of God. Oh, it may not be as flashy to begin with. It may not look as attractive to begin with. But it's not what it looks like today. It's how it ends up in a few days. It's how it ends up in a few years. And even the king came in and he looked at those young men after three years. And he said, these fellows, they're ten times better than any magician I have. They're ten times better than any astrologer that I have. I want to say to you tonight, you ought to look at the pulse and water of the will of God. Amen. Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. In the early 1700s in the state of Connecticut, a Connecticut legislator, he and his wife had a son by the name of David. The family was the Brainerd family. David grew up in the home of a man whose father spent a good bit of time, a good bit of time in the legislative body of Connecticut. His father died when he was five. His mother died when he was nine. And so he was left an orphan at age nine. After his mother's death, David Brainerd moved to live with one of his older sisters. At the age of 19, he discovered that he had inherited a farm. And he spent a year working on that farm, but after a year, he decided that he would return home and prepare to go to Bible college. The name of the Bible college was Yale College. He decided that he would go to Bible college for a year. The name of the college was Yale College, the same one that you know of today. July 12th, 1739, David Brainerd made a decision. He looked at the opportunities that he had before him, and he decided, I want to give my life I want to give my life to exalt the God that created me and made me. And I'm going to give my life to seek first the kingdom of God. So two months later, he enrolled at that Bible college, Yale College. In his second year at Yale, he had to go home because of a sickness. David Brainerd was spitting up blood, and later it was discovered that he had tuberculosis. When he got a little better, he returned to Bible college. And when he returned, he found that there was a tension going on in the college. There was a tension between the faculty and some of the students that were on fire for God. The faculty had gotten involved in education more than seeking the will of God. And they were a bit frustrated by some of these fellows that were sort of gung-ho about this thing of serving God. They thought things were a little bit out of balance. And so there was a frustration. In fact, David Brainerd was expelled for a short amount of time because he said of a professor, well, he's no more a Christian than a billy goat. Probably not a good thing to say in Bible college. Nevertheless, he was sent home for a while. They had a guest preacher to come into Yale College 
and to preach there at the college, and they expected and fully hoped that he would calm down this spiritual excitement and bring a more relaxed and balanced atmosphere toward the things of God. But when Jonathan Edwards stood to preach, he did not bring a calmness nor a balance, but he fanned the flames that were already burning in the hearts of young men to serve God. Brainerd's hunger for the things of God were so strong, that's what he thought about every day. Now, mind you, before David Brainerd, he had the choice of choosing the king's meat and wine, or he could take the pulse and water of the will of God. He had no interest in the king's meat, and he was fully satisfied with the pulse and water of the will of God. David Brainerd began working with the Native American Indians basically because nobody was winning them to Christ. And though he was suffering from tuberculosis, he started by beginning a school for the Native American children, and he began teaching them to read by translating the Psalms to their language and teaching them the Word of God. David Brainerd later would build a church along the Delaware River and he would build a church to about 130 people of Native American Indians. David Brainerd would later write in his diary, I could have no freedom in the thought of any other circumstance or business in life. All my desire was a conversion of the heathen, and all my hope was in God. God does not suffer me pleasure or comfort myself with hopes of seeing friends or returning to dear acquaintances and enjoying worldly comforts. Brainerd would give his short life to reaching Native American Indians and would die at the age of 29. It would seem that perhaps a life cut short and Maybe not a whole lot of influence. About the only thing that he had to his credit was he had started a little feeble school for a few young Indian children, and he did have a church of about 130 people. When they, put his, when they set his tombstone, these words were etched on the stone, sacred to the memory of the Reverend David Brainerd, a faithful and laborious missionary to the Stockbridge, Delaware, and Saskawana tribes of Indians who died in this town October 10, 1747. Jonathan Edwards wrote a book about David Brainerd, and it was entitled Freedom of Will. John Wesley read that book, and he would write, Let every preacher carefully read over the life of David Brainerd. It was because of David Brainerd's choice of saying no to the king's meat and wine and saying yes to the pulse and water of the will of God. It was because of his single-mindedness that many young men of God read of his life and were greatly influenced to make the decision themselves. Yes, I could go on to successful things in the world, but maybe I should give my life to God as David Brainerd did. 
missionaries such as Henry Martin, William Carey, Jim Elliott, and Adoniram Judson made the same decision because of the testimony and the young life, just 29 years, of David Brainerd. I wonder tonight if there's not yet others who would make the decision to say, you know what, the meat and wine of the king, it looks good, it's attractive. But boy, as I look at that, a lot of those lives turn out a mess. A lot of those turn out broken. Lord, I just want to do your will. I just, I, just, I just want to do what you want me to do. Lord, I'd be satisfied with a pulse in water. May I say tonight, the will of God, the will of God is ten times better than anything the world has to offer. You see, morality is ten times better than immorality. Purity is ten times better than selling yourself out to the flesh. Innocence is ten times better than guilt. Contentment is ten times better than anxiety. Joy is ten times better than sorrow. Peace is ten times better than trouble. Obedience is ten times better than rebellion. Right is ten times better than wrong. Faith is ten times better than fear. Success is ten times better than failure. And I'll say it as I heard it said some 20 years ago. Life is better when you know what better is. And the better life to live is the will of God. That's the life we ought to choose to live. Oh, you say, preacher, it's not very flashy. No, the pulse and water, it doesn't speak to you. The pulse and water is not much to brag about. The pulse and water is not too impressive to look at. Oh, but after 10 days, we can see a difference. After three years, it's 10 times better than anything the king has. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver. Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 10, Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. Proverbs 8 and 18, Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. Proverbs 15, the Bible says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Proverbs 16, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Proverbs 17, 1, Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. I declare to you tonight, life is better when you know what better is. Before you this evening, the world offers the meat and drink of pleasure. The world offers the meat and drink of enjoyment. The world offers the meat and drink of a good time and recognition and fulfillment of pride and self-satisfaction. Before you tonight, God offers the pulse and water of the Word of God. The pulse and water of of prayer, the pulse and water of the availability of the Spirit, the pulse and water of His will. One is better now. The other is ten times better at a later time. One is more exciting now. 
The other is ten times more rewarding later. The meat and drink of the world seems like the right decision to the practical mind, but the pulse and water of the will of God is ten times better to the spiritual mind. I was 16 years old when I looked seriously at what was before me. It was coming time for me to make a decision of what direction I would go in life. I looked at various careers and where they led. I looked at the amount of money that you would make in the various careers that were offered. I looked at the pleasures. I looked at the lifestyles. I looked at the king's meat. And I looked at the king's drink. My father never took me to a professional sporting event of any kind. He never took me to a collegiate ball game of any kind. But if there was preaching going on anywhere within 250 miles, we'd pack up the old car and we'd make our way to hear the men of God. I sat there as a teenager. The meat and the drink of the world was before me. But I heard them introduce a man. And they said, this man is from Corpus Christi, Texas. His name is Lester Roloff. And Lester Roloff has given his life to helping young people overcome sin and addiction and a life of brokenness. I looked at it. It sort of appeared like pulse and water in the beginning. Brother Roloff began to preach. And he began to sing. And I couldn't figure it out if he was a good singer or not. But there was just something... Just something wonderful about what he was saying. I saw the folks lined up behind him and I heard them sing. I heard them give their testimony. I heard them say, I was in jail when Uncle Roloff came and visited me in jail. My life was wrecked and ruined by drugs and alcohol, sin and crime. But he introduced me to Jesus and tonight I'm glad that I'm a child of God. I sat there and, boy, something happened in my heart. Tears began to escape my eyes and down my cheek. I thought, wow, that looked like pulse and water to begin with. That sounds like a pretty good way to live your life right there. They introduced another preacher. And Jack Howes got up to preach. He told the story that he grew up in the home of a drunkard. He told the stories of how he would go from house to house, sometimes month after month, because the rent would come due. And they would have to move to another place. He told how his daddy would come home drunk. And sometimes abuse his mother. And oh how it broke his heart. He told how that, that his mama sent him down to the, to the butcher shop. To ask the butcher if he had an extra bone for the dog. He said it was a bone for the dog. He said we didn't even have a dog. Mama just wanted to make some soup. And have some flavored water for me to eat for supper I watched her work sometimes for just a few pennies a day and I thought man that looks like pulse and water that's nothing compared to the meat and wine that the king has to offer but I continued to listen he told the story of how he surrendered to preach he went to a bar and told his daddy I've, I've surrendered my life to preach the gospel I'm going to be a preacher his father, in a drunken stupor, began to laugh at him. He mocked him and made fun of him. All the folks around began to laugh. He took his hand and knocked him down. And he told him, he said, if you're going to be a blankety-blank preacher, won't you go build the biggest church in the world? 
he told the story of how he went to Hammon. He told the story of how the church had several millionaires and life seemed to be easy, but all his heart was broken because of the multitude of children in Chicago land that had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I went to the church and it was on a Tuesday night he introduced the service would be a church with a heart. I stood there, or I sat there, and I watched as they came out with the scores and the hundreds. Their lives had been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought to myself, do I take the king's meat and the king's wine? Do I live that kind of life and see what I can accomplish for myself? Do I see how big I could make me or how big a house or what I could afford to buy? Or wouldn't it be a whole lot better if I'd just give my life to God? And God would maybe let me reach a few children and reach a few teenagers and reach a few people to Christ. And so I set out to eat the pulse in the water. I began to work to win souls on my bus route, and I found out. I don't know about the king's meat and the king's wine, but this is ten times better than anything I've ever had before. I began to see folks saved and see my bus route grow. I began to have a walk with God, and I began to pray, Lord, if you'd fill them with your power, would you fill me with your power? And I began to experience the power of the Holy Spirit as I won people to Christ. And thank God last week as I walked into a a business here in town and I led a man to Christ. And then the Saturday before as I sat down uh, on a, a man's couch beside him. And again I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit as I gave him the gospel and he trusted Christ as Savior. Oh, my friend, I want to tell you. The pulse and water may not look too good. Ah, but it's ten times better. Oh, what a life it is to live. You've got to make the decision sometime. You've got to decide what direction you'll go. I'm not preaching against making money. I'm preaching against you not doing the will of God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you making a good salary, but I am telling you there's something wrong with you deciding that's what I'm going to follow instead of following the will of God and looking at the will of God and said that don't look too attractive. It's not what looks attractive. It's what it produces in life. This week I prayed. I begged God many a time. And I asked him now, would you look to see what's before you? The king's meat and the king's wine. Or the pulse and water. Could I get you to see beyond what it tastes like? Could I get you to see beyond what it feels like? Could I get you to see beyond just a few days of what it would be like to eat the king's meat and wine? Take the will of God. I promise you, you'll find the will of God to be ten times better. I want you to stand with me tonight. We're just getting started. We have church in the morning, tomorrow night, and again Friday morning. But I want you to stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you just look at it tonight? Would you look to your left and see the king's meat and the king's wine and say, what will I do with my life? Will I see what I can accomplish and what I can do? Could I get you to look at the pulse in water? Could I get you to see it? Could I get you to stand where David Brainerd once stood and he decided... I'm going to seek first the will of God. I wonder tonight, are you ready already to make that decision and say, you know what, preacher? I'll take the pulse and water. I'll take the will of God. Not what it looks like.
what it turns out to be. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. They're going to play an invitation song. God has spoken to your heart maybe tonight. There's a frustration because you can't change yourself. You've never yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, you change me. Perhaps there's a need for you to put a bended knee at the altar tonight. I invite you to come as they play the invitation.